Same stuff, different day. Today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. That is including YouTube. Today is um, Tuesday, May 24th, 2022. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. I feel like I did that all out of order than the way I usually do it. If somebody can tell me if I did that out of order, I feel like I usually do it a certain way. I don't know what order that is off the top of my head, but I feel like I do. And I feel like that wasn't it. That just felt weird. That just that just felt felt weird co- coming off the tongue, you know? Anyway, we're here for another Tigers loss at Target Field that ended in a uh, miraculous walk-off fashion for the opposing team. So uh, that's, yeah, what is that, the second time this year? That we're in that situation. Tigers dropped this one five to four to the Minnesota Twins, uh, the, the the Twinkies of Minnesota. It's um, yeah, yeah. It's super fun here. That's for sure. I'm having a blast. I'm having a great time. You know, I I will say this. I will say this. I. I'm going to try my darndest. I don't know how good I'm going to be able to do. I don't know how well I'm going to be able to pull it off. But I'm going to try my best to hold on to all of my, like, this is a complete failure, nonsense, whatever, until after this 15-game in-division stretch. That came out really weird, too. I'm having a hard time speaking, apparently. <laughs> We we started right before the Cleveland series. We started a 15 game consecutive home stretch. One game got rained out, so it's going to turn 15 to 14. Se- premise still stands in my eyes that I think it's pretty safe to say that after this 14 game straight of division opponents, after this is over, you're going to get a pretty good gauge for for where we are probably going to be for the season and you know so far uh one and two so it's it's early in that stretch I don't want to be the it's early guy again uh but I'm going to try my best like I said uh, I'm going to try try my darndest to hold off on the on the this entire thing is a disaster what a catastrophic season, all of that, until after this 14-game stretch. Because I feel as though I said it going into it, I still feel that way. I feel that this stretch of games will most likely either prove to be, okay, we're back in the thick of things, or, you know what, this this season is, is as much as I hate to say it, by early June, it, it would pretty much be over in terms of making a, a legitimate playoff push or having a competitive season 
that those would be out the window by, by early June, which is sad, but you, you, you've dug yourself in a pretty deep hole here. And really, really hard, really hard to dig out of that hole. Really difficult to win baseball games at the major league level if you haven't been able to figure that out. So the Tigers dropped this one five to four. Uh, we'll talk about Elvin in the second segment, I think, uh, because I I don't want this to come across as, as a ridiculous take, but I didn't think he was that bad. Uh, we'll talk about the bullpen at the end. We'll do the offense first. I feel like that's our usual order. Offense, starting pitching, bullpen, etc. I feel like that's our usual order. We'll stick to it. So for the offense, the big stories in this game were the Tigers offense was actually pretty decent. I was actually pretty darn impressed with the offense. I was. I I thought this was a a pretty solid offensive game. The only thing I I would have asked for was in the first four innings, I thought we were pushing a little bit. And I thought in in the first four innings, there was a lot of, 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 like when Chris Archer was on the mound, there was that one inning, what was that, the second, that we kind of got to him. And besides that, I, I would have liked to see the count works a little bit more. Uh, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more walks maybe thrown in there. But that being said, Chris Archer threw 72 pitches in four innings. And that's that's all that's all he was able to go. So um, he has a 3.86 ERA on the season, by the way. I was an advocate for bringing in Archer, I think, each of the last two off-seasons. In 22 years ago, or last year, rather, he I, he really struggled, if I remember correctly. Um, but I, I've always kind of liked the idea of throwing him in as a depth starting pitcher piece, and, and he's been pretty solid for the Twins uh, in the starts that he's been able to make this year. But back to, back to the Tigers. Um, I, I thought that they... I would have liked to see a little bit more walks early on because they did get to him early and they did have runners on base. And they, you know, a, a lot of that raised pitch count came from the ability to, to get hits. They had a lot of singles early on. And then they, they were able to, to get some extra base hits. I thought the offense was, I mean, for real, I, I was pretty impressed with the offense in this game, especially considering the fact that they were down 4 nothing by the second time they came up to bat. And to answer with a run scored period was nice just right away uh, and then slowly climb back into it. I, I I was pretty impressed. So 10 hits, one walk, and I believe four extra base hits, which it's sad that, you know, four extra base hits is some like mythical extreme, like this is crazy good number. Uh, but unfortunately for this team, it is. So 10 hit 11 base runners, Four of those base runners via extra base hits, three doubles, and a home run. Uh, yeah, I, I I was pretty impressed with the offense. Um, could have taken advantage more. Like I said, we, we squandered quite a few opportunities in the first four innings. We we could have we could have scored a lot more runs off of Chris Archer. Archer should not have left that game with only a one run given up. So it was far from a perfect outing. There were a few really bad swings. Uh, I did not think Chris Archer's picks pitch mix was like some super creative thing. Like Chris Archer has a really good slider. He has had a really good slider since he, he was an all-star in Tampa, right? And, and has maintained that through his entire career. 
Um, I'm not really sure how in 2022 we're still getting completely fooled top to bottom in the lineup via like the the Chris Archer low and away slider. And and I guess like like I said, he has a sub four ERA. He's still in the league in 2022, so maybe it's not just us. Um, but I, I I would like to have a little more hard contact. I, I guess off of Chris Archer. I, I didn't think that. You know, his fastball as it stands right now, paired with the slider that he has, was some like crazy, oh my goodness, how are you going to keep up with it type of combo. Uh, you know, there, there's a few dudes in Tampa currently that I excuse that for, right? Because they have insane fastballs and insane spin rate sliders. Uh, Chris Archer, like I said, with all due respect, in, in 2022, I'm not sure how we're still getting fooled by the same stuff. Um, so I, I was a lot more impressed with the offense than I have been. Absolutely. Javi, I, I thought had a really good game. Uh, Jonathan scope, incredible game ha- has been hitting a lot better the last couple of weeks. Uh, still has a long way to go to get his OPS hit 500. Jonathan scopes OPS out of the 400s. Yeah, absolutely. Just love to see it. Miggy was absolutely fantastic. Um, who else? Oh, Torque. Torque looks really good. I know the, the one hit was, uh, kind of a, you know, soft ground ball through the infield type of thing, but the Byron Buxton one for as much as you could argue, Buxton should have had that. That was still 105 miles an hour off the bat. It's not like he didn't get a hold of that thing. So we'll, we'll, we'll gladly take that. Uh, he had a walk in there too. Just a great day for Torque all around OPS up to 623. Um, Robbie Grossman was kind of a, a talk of amongst Tigers Twitter in this one. Uh, he goes 0 for 5, no walks with a strikeout. His batting average dips below 200. I understand that he is pretty much either a walk or an out at this point. I totally get that. His ISO is literally last in baseball, I believe. I believe – I think I actually got that from uh, from the Woodward – Tigers uh, guys, Chris and, and Rogelio, great human beings. And Youper, shout out Youper. Uh, great show, great guys. Um, I'm pretty sure on their show in the over the weekend, they uh, they said that Robbie Grossman had literally the lowest isolated power in the entire sport. And I think that's still true. I mean, he went 0 for 5 today. So um, I, I understand all of that. But he still has the second highest on base percentage on the team. And I know that's probably uh, uh, just as big of a testament to the offense has been laboring as it is Robbie Grossman, you know, being incredible. It's 314. It's not some ridiculously high number. But, I mean, Miguel Cabrera's is 322. I'm pretty sure that leads like current healthy everyday starters. Willie Castro's is currently at 316, but his has been plummeting. And I'm, um, you know, I guess if you want to include him in everyday starter in, currently, yes, but I'm not sure he's still qualified uh, as a hitter amongst baseball because of how many games he he was in the minors for or didn't play in. So Robbie Grossman is still in the top two or three and on base percentage on this team. And uh, I don't think you can just pull that out of the lineup when the offense has been struggling as bad as it is. I really don't. 
So that's, I guess, all I have to say about Robbie. Uh, and that's all I have to say about the offense. Step in the right direction, certainly far from perfect. That's pretty much where we're at with the bats. Um, let's get into the pitching. Let's get into the pitching. Let's get into Elvin, and then we'll get into uh, to the bullpen. But first, got to tell you all about BetOnline.net. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Go Lions, baby. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting waver- wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back here to segment two at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from all of our local experts taking fans through the season like Northern Network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Okay. So we talked about the offense. It was a lot better than it has been, but it certainly wasn't, wasn't perfect. Uh, I think that our offense was better than the twins. I, I think from uh, just comparing the, the two offenses and, and how they played in this game, uh, I think we were probably the better offense, but, that's at the end of the day that's not what matters unfortunately that means absolutely nothing looking at expected batting average in this game right the tigers expected batting average was 248 the twins expected batting average was 180 so that again proves the tigers a lot better contact a lot more balls in play a lot more hard contact more hits. I mean, that just happened. They had seven hits. We had 10. Uh, just all around, I mean, our offense was better. And it unfortunately just did not matter, as we have seen time and time again for the Tigers this season. Just cannot find a way to win. It's it's really frustrating. Really frustrating, which is not news to anybody listening to this show. Let's talk about Elvin, though. Uh, so, starts off the game with like first batter is a pop-up that is in the middle of four Detroit Tigers fielders. Four. Almost half of the players on the field are all around this baseball, and it almost drops. I damn near lost my mind to start off this game. Stood up in my living room and almost freaked out, okay? But I didn't. Shout out Daz Cameron. Way to come in and, and, and make the play. So... That happens right off rip. And I'm like, okay, now I'm kind of amped up. Next three batters all get on base. Hangs a changeup worse than maybe I've ever seen a, a, a changeup hanged. Uh, I mean, it was it, it was like if you were to, to, to say, hey, you have to throw a changeup here, but it has to be a home run, that's what you throw. That's like the definition of please take this 400 feet. I am begging you. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Um, Kepler, the tiger killer (laughs) this season uh, and last season, goodness gravy. So that's how the game starts. And you go, okay, well, that that was nice. Uh, All of our starters are hurt. We kind of 
our hands were kind of tied. It was Elvin or a bullpen game. We already have to have another bullpen game at some point in the foreseeable future. So uh, I think you kind of have to call Elvin up and just hope that, that he can um, keep you competitive in the game. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, if you were expecting some lights out, you know, Elvin Rodriguez is not like a top 100 prospect in baseball. If you were expecting some crazy outing, um, then I, I don't know what to tell you. That That's preposterous. And I, I think he put us in a position to win. He, he gave up the grand slam in the first, did not give up a run for the rest of the outing, ended up going five innings, four hits, four runs, three walks, four Ks. I am by no means saying that this is some mind-boggling, oh my goodness, we, we have a star on our hands performance. But to come up and, and make a spot start in, in a situation where I don't think anyone expected you to have to, uh, and I mean six whiffs, 12 called strikes, 24% CSW percentage, that's a little low, but it's not, you know, asinine. Average exit velocity, 91 miles an hour, not terrible. I mean, we've seen higher in good outings. Tarek Skubal's had higher than that in, in like shutout appearances. Like that's, you know what I mean? It's, it, it, it wasn't terrible. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some decent spin on his pitches. He, he's got really good spin on his curveball. Didn't throw it very much, but he has really good spin on his curveball. Pretty decent spin on the splat slider as well. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, in the first inning, it was definitely command-based. His command was all over the place. Uh, he could not locate his changeup. His changeup is usually his best pitch, uh, or one of that or the slider, kind of depending on the day almost, um, down in the minors. But look, it, it, the command went from all over the place, and then it went to good enough to to maintain uh, and, and keep the Tigers in the game. And at one point, we were tied. In a game in which Elvin Rodriguez pitched five innings in, the Tigers were tied going into the ninth. You know, if it was 13-13, like, sure, you can say that's a ridiculous thing to say, but 4-4? Four to four? Well, are we going to get mad at this dude for giving up four runs in five innings? Look, again, I'm not saying it was some incredible outing, but I thought that the command got a lot better as the outing went on, as he settled in. The velocity was sneaky good. Four-seam fastball that got up to around 95. Slider that was in the mid-high 80s. Change-up is in the mid-high 80s. Curveball around 80. I, I mean, <clears throat> I, I was I, I was pleasantly surprised with everything after the first inning. I'll put it that way. I, I was pleasantly surprised. Like I said, the command got a lot better, I thought. I thought the pitch mix got a lot better. And I think some of that has to do with... Uh, Catching, I think some of that has to do with Eric Haas calling some pitches, and and I'm sure that AJ uh, and Fetter were calling some of those pitches as well. So I thought the pitch mix improved a lot, and I, and probably some of that is just feeling out. Okay, you know what's working in the first inning, what's not. Well, you know we we saw what happened in the first inning, and then adjusting accordingly. But I thought everyone made adjustments. I thought the staff made adjustments. I thought Eric Haas made adjustments. And I thought Elvin Rodriguez made adjustments. And to be able to make an adjustment mid-game in your MLB debut and pitch four shutout innings, uh, you know what? Hats off. Hats off. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take his outing. If you would have told me going into the game that we would have been tied going into the ninth in a game in which he started in, I would have been happy. So 
That that's really all it comes down to to me. Uh, wasn't expecting some lights out performance, and uh, I I think he deserves some credit. I really do. Um, not not sure what the future holds for him at this level. I would imagine it, it would be some sort of bullpen role. I'm I'm not really sure if he's longed. I was going to say longed long term. If he's longed for the starting rotation, uh, but in this moment, solid MLB uh, starting pitching debut. I, I guess again, solid. I guess is relative. You know, he has an ERA of like nine uh, on the season because of a, a bullpen outing earlier in the year that he got rocked in. But we'll take it. That that's what this is. <laughs> that's really what this is. We'll take it, Elvin. We'll take it. So props to him. Let's get into the bullpen, uh, and then we'll talk about just anything else we need to talk about because there definitely is a little bit. But first, I got to tell y'all about Athletic Greens. You guys know that I'm a big fan of Athletic Greens. I've been telling y'all about it since they sent all of the hosts our own box so that we could try it out, and then we could try out the product before we would go on air and you know try and sell it to people and. Uh, it's phenomenal, and I live by it, and I have it every single morning. You just take a scoop of the green powder, mix it in with cold water, shake it up, 8 to 12 ounces, something like that. It's like a cup of water, and you just start your morning with that. On an empty stomach before you eat breakfast, that's what you start your morning with. I noticed changes so quickly, um, it, and I fell in love with it, and I have reordered now twice. I, I've re-upped my... My uh, my order two two times since they sent me back in March, the uh the, like the hosts you know welcome to the club box, and uh, it, it's absolutely fantastic. You you notice a lot with your digestive health, you notice a lot with your gut health, just how you feel throughout the day. I, I mean, it's natural energy. It's just it's awesome. I really do. I, I've never taken anything like this before. I've never taken a supplement. Never taken a daily like vitamin. I mean, when I was a kid, I guess like Flintstone gummies to those count. <laughs> like I, I had never really taken anything like this uh, and just thought, you know what? Well, they sent me a free box, might as well. And I am absolutely in love with it. It is awesome. Big fan of Athletic Greens. It, it's lifestyle friendly. If you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten free, it accommodates all of that. Has one less than one gram of sugar. Uh, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. It's all natural, and it is incredible. Costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It, it, you can't go wrong. It truly is remarkable. So, And to, also, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, everybody. We are back for our third and final segment here at Locked on Tigers. Let's talk about the pen, shall we? Let's talk about the bullpen. Andrew Chafin was on the mound when we lost this game, uh, leadoff walk. And that's all she wrote. Um, and that is why so many people are frustrated with Gregory Soto all the time, because, um, you, you, as a reliever, especially a late inning reliever, really, that's like the cardinal sin of being a reliever. I mean, straight up, that's, that's the number one, no, no, (laughs) 
in, in, in all of relief pitching, if you were to write out rules of being a reliever, the first one, 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 the top of the list would be, you cannot walk the leadoff batter. Really, it would probably be don't allow walks, period. You're pitching one inning. You cannot afford walks. You can't. And that's what happened. I don't think any less of Andrew Chafin. Uh, it was bound to happen eventually, I guess. I don't think any less of him. I still trust him more than a lot of people in this bullpen. I still trust him more than a lot of people in a lot of bullpens. Uh, he'll be fine. I I didn't think – I mean – to put it frankly, that, that could have been twisted into a double play. A little bit better positioning. Better is also kind of a dumb way to put it. Like, if if it was hit to where they were positioned, we're talking about great positioning. If the positioning accommodated for where the ball ended up being hit a little bit better, then it could have been twisted into a double play. It, I mean, he got the ground ball, right? He had men on the corners, one out in the ninth inning in a tie game. What you're trying to do there is get a ground ball, and he got it. Just, what well, it was a tough. It was always going to be a tough play. It was, that that ball was just hit, you know, just just enough, just far enough to Javi's uh, Javi's glove side. That that's a tough play. It's a tough play, and I know everybody always look wants to have a scapegoat in everything which is ridiculous as a society, by the way, but that's a totally different conversation. Everything has to be someone's fault all the time. We can't just agree that like that was bad and we lost and we might not be good all around, but no, everything has to be exactly one person specifically's fault all the time in anything. And it's so ridiculous. Um, And you know what? Javi probably could have made that play. The ball popped out of his glove, for goodness sake. Like, he probably could have made the play, but it's still a diving play to the glove side. Even if he does get it, he's got to flip it from face down on the ground to scope. He's got a relay. There's no guarantee that that, that is a – that there's no guarantee that that double play is turned. Um, Andrew Chafin did walk a, a, a batter that ended up getting to third base. That's not okay. Like I said, that's a cardinal sin of of being a reliever. It's just all around, and it continues to be all around. And that's the point I'm trying to make is this is not any one person's fault, and everybody wants it to be. And you want it to be because everybody wants to think, okay, well, if we find out whose fault it is and then we get rid of that person or change that thing, then we'll start winning. Everybody. So, no. Every, everybody is, is sharing blame. Have you seen the offensive numbers? Everybody. Have you seen the defensive numbers? Like everybody but two people. You're, you're not going to find a, a one-person scapegoat for this loss. You're not going to find a one-person scapegoat for any loss. Not going to happen with how this team's been playing. Not a good enough offense. No healthy pitching and not good enough, like ninth inning specifically relieving. <laughs> like the, the the bullpen from innings like five through eight is flawless. And then we just like don't know what to do with our bullpen in the ninth inning. We don't. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't trust anyone here. <laughs> I trust everybody to be in innings six through eight, 
I don't trust anybody in nine. There's a lot of holes in this team still, is what I'm trying to say. It's very frustrating. We're all going through it together. Very tough. I'm sure it's frustrating for the players too. They certainly had much higher expectations. Um, Sucks. Sucks all around. Rest of the bullpen uh, was phenomenal. Flawless. Again, the ninth inning, we just like don't know what to do with ourselves. But six, seven, and eight were beautiful tonight, as they have been most of the season. Joe Jimenez looked incredible. Holy moly. Joe Jimenez looked nice. We're going to end the show on positivity. Joe Jimenez looked damn good. His slider was biting like crazy. He had great shape. I don't, I'm not sure his slider has, has been shaped that well all season. It, it was in a, a very, very good pitch in this one. Uh, paired with his fastball, when he tunnels it correctly and, and that slider stays shaped like that, it's over, baby. Uh, three, four, five ERA for him on the year. Willie Peralta continues to be Willie Peralta, continues to be absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And I, there, there's some questions about, you know, like why is he not being stretched out to be a starter? That's very difficult to do in season is what that really comes down to. Uh, I think that's way like – a, that's a much bigger ask than I think people realize, I guess is my point. Uh, you amp your velocity up and you empty the tank quickly when you are a reliever and you, and you work to, to do that. It takes time to, to amp that velocity up, get your arm to, to where you want it to be, get it to out, get your, your, even your mechanics can change pretty significantly, honestly, from, from the bullpen to the to starting or, or vice versa. Uh, it's not just like, Oh, he's a pitcher so he can do both. That's very much not the case. It is a, it is a completely different task. Uh, and and when you haven't been doing it for the last three months, it's very difficult to just go like, Hey, Willie, why don't you start a game? That that's very difficult. Um, especially he's been used as one inning reliever. So even more so, right? Like we saw sometimes with Tyler Alexander or like Daniel Norris back in the day, like, oh, you know, he, he's like a three-inning reliever, like a piggyback almost reliever. So stretching him from like two to three innings and his velocity is the exact same in the bullpen as it is when he's starting. To stretch him out to maybe go five is a lot different than asking Willie Peralta, who's now pumping mid-90s fastballs in one inning of work, to stretch himself back out and and be a starting pitcher again. So it's just, it, it's really... I just think it's a lot taller of a task than maybe people realize. And that's why you're not seeing it, I guess, is the reason I'm bringing it up. Um, Bo Brisky will start one of these games. I think he's scheduled to start tomorrow, today, as you're listening to this. But to be completely honest with you, I know we got a possible bullpen game in there. Uh, I I know Scooble's start is supposed to be getting pushed back a day or two. He's due up in the next couple of days if, if he did not get hit. Uh, in the shin by a liner it's it's gonna be really interesting to see how this plays out they said they want Manning to have one more rehab start we'll see what happens we'll see what happens but I I would imagine Brisky is is either getting today as you're listening to this or or tomorrow so um, I think he's actually gonna die I think tomorrow tomorrow I'm recording this after the game on Monday night (laughs) I, I always forget that and just talk as if oh yeah it's today I think that is, yeah, Sonny Gray versus Bo Brisky. Yeah, okay, that's been official now. 
So, Bo Brisky on the bump had probably his worst outing of his major league career in his last start. So, we'll see if he can rebound from that. And that's all I got. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. And I'll make your second listen, Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, just like us. Uh, hope you all liked the, the Cody interview. I got a lot of positive feedback. Everyone said that uh, he, was a, uh, he was a fun interview. Uh, I know a lot of people are calling for him to get called up as well on our next off day. Maybe we'll talk about that. Um, I think that's all I got. That's all I got. We'll see how the next, how many games, 12. We'll see how the next 12 go. Currently, we are one and two in this 14-game stretch that I, I uh, said going into would kind of determine uh, how, how the se- rest of the season is going to play out. So we will see. We will see how, uh, how, how, that, how that the next 12 go. Right here. I just hit myself in the mouth with my microphone. I'm not going to do finger guns anymore. That's what happened. I was trying to do finger guns, hit my mic. Not a good idea. Okay. That's all I got. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I will catch you all tomorrow, baby. Hopefully recapping a win. Hopefully recapping a freaking win. My goodness. Go Tigers, baby.